This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hey, I'm Ray Hudson, and you are, I don't know who you are, but you're listening to Blaugranagram. Don't be like them kids in the Blair Witch Project and go away. All right? All right. Welcome to the Driven Shot Podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the third episode of the Driven Shot Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, whether it's on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Thank you for streaming. Thank you for watching. And thank you for being here. Um, your support recently has been absolutely amazing. You guys have been smashing it on Twitter and on Instagram and all the other platforms. So I can't thank you enough for that. Um, and that's also that's also a thing where this transfer window has been so damn hectic. There's so many things have happened in this transfer window. So many, so many departures and arrivals that were spoken of, uh, that were spoken of about a lot of clubs, especially Barcelona. And I'm glad you guys were with me on that ride because it was a long one. It was a tiring one. And I want you guys, I want to thank you guys for the support. And, um, hopefully, hopefully the, the, the players that we've gotten, um, will be good, uh, you know, a good fit for Barca. Hopefully they'll fit in well, uh, and, and they'll mesh in well with the rest of the team. And I think I think the players that we've gotten so far, uh, well, that we've gotten this transfer window, I think are going to be really, really, you know, really good to see in a Barca shirt. I think they're going to be really good for us. Um, but again, that also depends on Valverde's usage of them. And um, on that note, La Liga... This, uh, well, for us, La Liga for Barca hasn't had the best of starts. Uh, you know, we've, we haven't been as good as we should be. And, you know, the thing that, that really annoys me about that is that Barca have had some sequences where they've played so, so well. We've been so good this season in certain, in certain, like in certain time frames in games, we've been really, really good. And then in other time frames, we've been so abysmal. Um, you know, there, there have been, there have been, you know, a solid, let's say, 15, 20 minutes of some games where we've been really good. There have been 70 minutes of another game where we've been really, really good. And then there have been 70 minutes of another game where we've been absolutely poor. And I think that also comes down to the mentality, uh, not just of Valverde, but also of the team. But Valverde's mentality, it definitely seems like his mentality is slowly but surely getting into the heads of some of the players on the team. Because the way he's treating some of the players, and has been treating some of the players, like Rakitic and Suarez and, uh, and Alba, the way he's been treating them has made them complacent. Because they know, well, we don't really have you know that much competition anyway. And as you naturally would do in that situation you start to get a bit complacent you know because you know well i don't really have much competition alba alba hasn't had competition for a while now up until firpo came in and then he got injured suarez competition has been griezmann and as soon as he was signed we saw a, a, a new side of a new version of suarez um you know, against Napoli, where he was absolutely amazing, and those two, Napoli, uh, Griezmann and Suarez, are seeming, are, you know, they seem to get, you know, along really, really well. Which also goes to show that all that media talk about them not liking each other, and that's the only, you see this little three-second clip. That's all they said. 
as I said back then, I don't think that's true. I never believed it, uh, which is also why I didn't report on it. And I don't think there is bad blood uh, between the two. And I think that's really important to highlight because throughout the season, under Valverde, Luis Suarez is probably going to play a you know a good a good amount of games. Uh, and and you know having good chemistry off the pitch between Suarez and Griezmann is obviously really important to that. And I think Dembele staying, which partly meant that Neymar didn't come to Barcelona because Dembele's no was a very big uh, blow to that deal, uh, as you know. The Neymar deal was dependent on Rakitic and Dembele, uh, potentially Tudibo as well. And it didn't seem like Tudibo had anything against the move. But Neymar, uh, sorry, Rakitic and Dembele were against it. Um, reportedly, though, towards the end, Rakitic was open towards a move. But Dembele said no. He, he just kept saying no, kept refusing to leave. Because he felt that he had a point to prove at Barcelona. And what I don't get about Dembele not moving is that the move wasn't a permanent one. Barca didn't tell him what they told Malcolm, which was essentially you leave and that's it. That's not what they that's not what they were going for. Barca told Dembele, if we're believing the reports, that you go off for a year, there's not gonna be a buy option. You go to Paris on a loan, you get to restart your career basically. Play under a manager that you that you've played really well under, and then also play with one of your best friends. Then come back, and then you'll stay here. But Dembele was used as a bargaining chip for the Neymar deal. The problem was Dembele said no, and I think Dembele's no pushed Rakitic towards being like, well, since this deal probably isn't going to happen anyways, I'm not going to leave either because Rakitic, his preference was to stay. Rakitic preferred to stay. And, um, you know, Rakitic preferring to stay was something that was a really big blow to the Neymar deal initially because him being so, um, so, well, I don't think stubborn is the right word, but him being so set on being like, well, I have a contract, you guys can't force me out. I love to be here. I love to be in the city of Barcelona. I love to be with Barca. I'm going to stay. And that in itself was a, was a blow to Barcelona's negotiations with Neymar. Uh, well, with Paris for Neymar. And then when Dembele said no, Rakitic was like, well, if he said no, this deal's probably not going to happen. I'm not going to go to Paris because it's not going to benefit Barca the same way. And then when he had that offer from Juve, he was like, well, no, I'm staying. And... I do think Barca will move for Neymar in these coming months. I could see them moving for him in January. Uh, and if not in January, then definitely in July. But I think Dembele is really going to have a point to prove to the fans. Um, because, you know, the Neymar deal seemed seemed done for many people. Uh, also because of the reports, but also because of, you know, the whole uh, vibe surrounding it. it. It seemed like it would be a done deal. And... You know, why would Dembele say no? It's a loan deal. It's not a permanent deal. It's a loan deal. And it's going to give him a chance to restart his career, get regain the form and rhythm that he's been lacking. Um, and it's a less demanding league, so there is a less risk of injury because he's not going to have to, you know, do as much physical uh, action as he would do in La Liga. But I think Dembele is going to have a point with the fans. Uh, I think he's going to have a point to prove with the fans. And 
It's going to be interesting to see if he can withstand that pressure because so far he hasn't been too good at withstanding the pressure that has been shot his way, both for the price tag but also, you know, how the media has been treating him. He hasn't been performing too well. And I think his problem for me seems similar to Coutinho's problem that he had when he was with Barca until he got loaned to Bayern. Coutinho's problem for me was that he was overcomplicating things. He tried to overdo things. You know, he was on the ball. Instead of just making a simple pass, he he'd started doing dribbles that he didn't really need to do. And then ultimately losing the ball or slowing down the attack. Uh, and then he start, he slowly started losing confidence. And then what comes with that is, well, you, you lose your confidence. Uh, and then when you want to make those simple passes, they don't come off either because you're not confident when you make those passes. And I think that's what Dembele's problem has slowly become. And... Griezmann's arrival, I think, is going to give him a huge boost mentally. Also, because Griezmann is a professional, he is at this level because he's a professional. He knows how to be a professional, and hopefully, that will push Dembele in that right direction. Give him that professionalism that he needs. Give him that change of attitude that he also needs. And I think Griezmann and Umtiti and Todibo were 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 you know one of the main reasons that Dembele wanted to stay. Other than the fact that he that he feels like he needs to prove himself. Uh, which you can't really, we can't really blame him for that. He's he's so young and he, you know, he, he was really his signing was hyped a lot and is still being hyped. And I think he feel like he, I think in his mind he felt like, well, I can't just let these people down. You know, I want to stay here. I want to prove to them why I got to Barca in the first place, why I did what I did, why I did what I did to Dortmund, uh, and and why I joined Barca. I want to show them what I can do. And hopefully he'll be able to do that this time around. Um, because injuries haven't been on his side. Um, he's been injured a lot. And he hasn't gotten, you know, uh, a whole lot of playing time as a result of that. And when he has gotten playing time, he hasn't been in his rhythm. So I am interested in seeing how he's going to tackle that. And I'm interested in seeing how Valverde is going to line the team up. How is he going to line the front three up? Is it going to be Messi, Suarez, Griezmann? Is it going to be... Messi, Griezmann, Dembele, or Messi, Suarez, Dembele. How is Griezmann's, what's Griezmann's role going to be? I think Griezmann's role is going to be very, very important. Um, I think he's going to have a big role to play in this team. But I'm interested in seeing how how Valverde is going to incorporate Dembele into that mix. Is Suarez still going to be an, an, an undisputed starter? Or is he going to lose his spot to Griezmann? Um, that's, that's one of the key things that we'll have to look out for this season. And another dilemma... Um, for Valverde and for the team is that I believe I believe we have seven midfielders and they're competing for three spots and some of the players have similar profiles Rakitic and Vidal you could argue have kind of similar profiles and already there that's an issue uh, because is he going to play one of those is he going to go for a Busquets Rakitic Vidal midfield in some games or is he just going to scrap both of them and play Busquets alongside someone else um, and so far, it seems like his preferred midfield is something along the lines of Busquets, De Jong, and Roberto. And I'm not, I'm not too happy with that. I'm not too happy with that. Because while I do like Roberto, I think he's getting this sort of free pass because he's from La Masia. And they want to show that, well, you know, La Masia still produces great talents. So we're going to play Roberto to kind of show that. Because he's slowly become the face of La Masia in newer time, like after the golden generation of Messi, Busquets, and Iniesta, Xavi, he's slowly become that face 
of La Masia that the other talents look up to. You know, uh, players like Alenia Rikipuj saw, uh, well, Alenia saw him, you know, rise up from the ranks and then get back to the, get up to the first team, play as a midfielder, then as a right back and now back to a midfielder. And and I think the board are trying to retain that. I think Valverde is slowly trying, kind of trying to retain that and, and, and give hope to the, to the other La Masia players. But I think... I think Roberto can fill that Rakitic void. I think Vidal can fill that even better. And the whole situation about Rakitic has been so confusing. Because, you know, he said that, well, Rakitic, I don't know I don't know who he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to be a starter. I don't know how much he's going to play this season. I can't guarantee him a spot. He has to fight for it and earn it like every year. Right, some of that talk seemed pretty standard. You gotta earn it. You gotta earn your spot, obviously. But the fact that he said Rakitic can't be guaranteed to be as important this season as he's been for us in the previous seasons, I think that that partly was because of the fact that his future was uncertain. And I think now that his future is certain, like they know that he's gonna stay with the club for at least another half a year. I think now Valverde is gonna go back to playing him. Because I think the reason he didn't play him was because he wasn't sure if he was going to stay. And if he wasn't going to stay, well, then why play him? Just let him leave to another club, uh, avoid injuries, stuff like that. Um, kind of like they did with Coutinho um, when he was on the verge of moving to Bayern uh, on loan. And they didn't play him in that last game. They, he, he got dismissed from the squad list last minute because he had to figure out his, his, uh, his move to Bayern. And... I think one of the reasons they didn't play him in that game was also because, well, you know, if we play him this game, he might get injured or whatever, and it might ruin the deal. So that, you know, I think that was one of the reasons why Rakitic wasn't playing is because they didn't want to risk anything as he was potentially moving away from the club. But now that he is definitely staying, I think that now Valverde is going to go back to using him. And that, that saddens me because I think that could influence Artur more than it already has um, I, I think I think the fact that Artur wasn't playing at the start made sense to me because he just came from the Copa America uh, you know he, he needs some rest he needs you know to get back into the rhythm slowly but Artur has barely played and since last game last game when he played um, he was absolutely fantastic and that game for me and as I tweeted out that game if that doesn't show Valverde that he should start, I don't know what will. I genuinely don't know what will because he was he was by far our best midfielder for me that game. Um, and I think that also has something to, to do with the fact that De Young is also being played somewhat out of position. It seems like when you look at the game, it seems like he's playing as a left winger. If you look at the heat map, he's been you know he's basically been there. More than he's been in the midfield, which means he has gotten less of the ball, which means he's been able to produce less. And I've seen a lot of people were, uh, voice their concern about that, saying that, you know, Valverde hasn't really handled talents like Coutinho, uh, you know, uh, talents like Dembele, uh, you could argue Artur, Malcolm. He hasn't handled those talents very well. Semedo was on the brink of leaving because... Valverde favored a midfielder turned right back instead of a proper right back against a team that attack a lot in Liverpool. Um, so I can see the reason for concern there. But at the same time, I think De Young, and this might sound weird, but I think De Young is too 
intelligent and flexible of a player to allow Valverde's uh, restrictions set upon him to, you know, limit him as much. I think if you put another player in De Jong's position, playing him, knowing how good of a midfielder De Jong is, playing him at, out of position, like we saw with Coutinho, I think if it, if it wasn't De Jong, I think he would have suffered more. And obviously, we're only three games in. It's very, very early, and it's too early to tell. But I don't think De Jong, I think De Jong will be rather unfazed by it. I don't think there is a reason for concern. If you really, if you really, if you really think about it, I don't think there is a reason for concern for De Jong because I think he's too intelligent and too, too versatile of a player to be too limited by the role Valverde gives him. And I think Valverde will find the suitable role for him in whatever system Valverde is trying to to to, to build. Um, for this season, I think I think De Jong is going to be amazing for us. Even though it might not have been the most promising of starts, but I think he's done really, really well every time he's come on. Maybe except for that last game. And I think this season, I don't think there's too much uh, cause for concern. I really don't. And yeah, we haven't had the best of starts, but neither have Real Madrid, and neither have some of the other teams, both in La Liga and and you know the city. Uh, the Premier League. There are teams who you'd expect to do really well who haven't done as well, and I don't think I don't think Barca are going to suffer too much this season because we have had sequences where we've played really really well, and we've had we've had that Betis game where we played really well. We had the Napoli game where we played really well. So I think it's just a matter of the team. Well, the 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 player the positions that have been reinforced in. The players that are there, realizing that they have competition, are going to push themselves even even more, uh, hopefully. And if they don't, they do have competition, so they might get replaced, which again might motivate them to do even more. So that aspect of it, I think, is pretty covered. And, um, you know, other than that, the aspect of the fact that we have as many talented players as we have, uh, you know, the, the, the more veteran players pushing the, the, the young talents, uh, I think, I think the team, the squad is. We have we have really good squad depth this season. I think in in many positions, and as much as people like to bash Valverde, I think this time around, he's made, he's shown some promising signs. He did show some promising signs last season, but we also how that all culminated in in Liverpool. Um, but that wasn't just on him. That was also on the players. As I've said many times. Um. He plays a role, his mentality plays a role, and it reflects on the players. But the players also have a role to play. And if they get too affected by the manager's mentality, and the manager's mentality is weak, or not where it should be, then obviously that's going to affect the team. I I could see us getting far this season. I could see us getting far this season, even though we haven't had the best of starts to La Liga or the Champions League. I think this season's Champions League is going to be very interesting, because... Madrid have made really good acquisitions. Atleti have made really good acquisitions. As have Barca. City have made some interesting, you know, have brought some interesting players. Arsenal, um, who, you know, I think would be really good. Not this season because they're in the Europa League, but next season they could be really interesting to watch. Um, and, you know, maybe, I think, I could imagine Arsenal pushing some of the Champions League teams in the Premier League, pushing them, and maybe even you know, giving them a run for their money and that potentially influencing the Champions League and the Champions League participants in some way. Um, 
I think the group of death for me is definitely the Barcelona one. Because you have Barcelona, you have Borussia Dortmund, and you have Inter Milan, and then you have Slavia Praha. And I think that order is how that's is how that group's gonna pan out. Because you have Dortmund who have been you know, they've been active this transfer window. Um, they've bought the right players. They haven't bought too many, but they've bought the right players. And they've used a really good tactic, which has been to buy players that already know the league. Um, Julian Brandt, uh, Torgan Hazard, which, you know, Torgan Hazard has been, has been really good for Mönchengladbach. And now he's with Dortmund, and he's known the league for a while. He's played really well in the league for a while, and I think that's. I think he's going to be really interesting for them. They have J, they have Jadon Sancho, who's been incredible, um, and Royce has finally refound that form that we've all known, known and loved him for. Paco Alcácer has, has you know settled really well in Dortmund, so I think I think that team is going to be interesting. I think that team is going to be really really interesting, and I think they could really cause Barca some trouble in the Champions League, um, not just for their play, not just for their players. But also for their fans, the atmosphere, both the the away atmosphere for Dortmund is incredible, but their home atmosphere is even better. Um, not just because it's a home ground, but that yellow wall is so intimidating to look at for opponents. It's such a, it's such a you know a group of so passionate people, um, and and such a loud stadium. I think I think that's going to be really really interesting to watch. Inter have made some really interesting acquisitions as well. Alexis back to the Serie A. Lukaku joining that team as well. They've got rid of Perisic and Icardi. So you've got like-for-like like, um, acquisitions there to cover those positions. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how those two play together. And I think Inter are going to have an interesting season. Um, you know, they've, they've gotten some interesting players. And the Serie A has, has, you know, gotten a lot of reinforcements. It really has. Uh, Napoli have bought some really interesting talents. Erving Lozano being one of them. And um, Juve has gotten some some good players as well. So I think Serie A is going to be much more lively this season. I think it's going to be much more interesting to watch for the neutral viewer. The, the non-Serie A fan. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm not a Serie A fan myself. But I'm looking forward to seeing how that league is going to pan out. Because I think this time Juventus might get some competition. For that Serie A title. Because they've won it eight times in the past eight years. So they haven't really gotten much competition. But I think this this I think this season they might. They just might get that competition. And I'm interested in seeing how Inter are gonna fare in the Champions League. How, you know, I think that I think that group is gonna be really interesting to watch. And um, one last thing I want to address before we move on to the next segment is um, I will be revamping the website soon. When you're watching or listening to this, I will have posted an article recapping all the, the transfer window uh, action, all the transfer window moves by Barcelona this season. I will be make. Uh, I have written an article and I have posted it by the time you're listening to this. So feel free to check that out. I will leave a link to that in the description below or um, on whatever platform you're watching it. If you aren't uh, on a, if you're listening to this and you don't really have access to the description box or you just don't have time, you can go to blogronogram.com and it'll be right there. And on that note, it's question time. Welcome to question time where I answer your questions. That was such a bad intro. <laughs> nah, it's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. So today I have three questions. Uh, I've tried to mix it up a little bit. Um, again, if you guys want to ask me questions, you can do that using the hashtag TDSpod. Also, if you've made it this far, feel free to comment down below. If you're, if you're streaming this or watching this on a platform that allows you to do 
to rate or review or like or comment, please do so. If you're watching this on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, feel free to review the podcast so far. It really, really means a lot to me, and it really helps me know what you guys want and what you guys expect and what you guys like about this podcast. So if you haven't done so already, if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you haven't done so already, turn that bell notification on so you know whenever I do upload, uh, which is weekly. At this point, I will upload on a weekly basis. Um, if you're on Spotify, follow the podcast page and um, let's get right on with it. So, so first question comes from at Sunny 10 and the question goes like this. Uh, what do you think of our attack this season? Yeah, we have a star-studded attack, but Dembele is injury-prone and Suarez is not at all fit. And we play with four players for three positions. And also, what do you think of Umtiti's future? To answer that question, I think... Our attack this season, uh, as I've mentioned, I think it's a it's a good attack. It could have been better with Neymar from a footballing perspective, obviously. Dembele being injury prone, I think also has something. Well, the thing with injuries is that it's tough to 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 pin down because for, you know it's obviously a, a physical aspect of it, which is you know it's your body, and, and sometimes you do make wrong moves or you get tackled or things like that, but I think the mental aspect of it is the recovery, right? Um, so obviously, if you get injured, let's say the injury usually takes two or three weeks to recover, you'll use those two or three weeks, but then after that, that's all you, right? If you if your body has recovered, your your mind has to recover with it as well, has to get back into that rhythm, back into that form, know that, well, now I have to perform, I'm going to do my best. And a thing that a lot of people criticize Dembele for is that he's been too. Com- he seemed very complacent. He seemed so nonchalant about it. Um, and and I think I can see that. I can see that point. And I think that's where Griezmann is gonna come in. I think and I hope. And it does seem like the Griezmann is slowly kind of trying to take him under his wing, and and showing him what he has to do as a professional. Showing showing him what he has to do. To be the best version of himself as a player, and you know, you, some I, I hear a lot of people argue that well, Dembele Griezmann isn't the professional. He did the the take the L dance, and he did the the freaking hotline bling and whatever. But Griezmann is a professional, and I think he can learn Dembele how to. I think he can teach Dembele how to be one, and I think he will. I think that's also one of the reasons that Dembele decided to stay is that he knows he has Griezmann now, which he's whom he's really really good friends with. He has Mtiti and Todibo still staying, so hopefully that'll push him towards really proving himself the way he says he wants to. His agent has said multiple times that he wants to prove himself that Dembele is staying because he feels like he has a point to prove. He wants to prove to Bar- to, to the fans and to Barca why he's here, and he wants to succeed at his dream club. So I think I think he's going to cope with, his, with him being injury-prone better this time because it is a, there is a mental aspect to it. As for Suarez, as I said, I think he's going to be pushed by Griezmann. I, I think he's going to be pushed by Griezmann. And depending on how Ansu Fati does, it seems like he's going to do really well. I think he's going to push him as well. So, hopefully, hope, I, 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 don't think, I don't think our attack is poor. I don't think it's a poor attack. Now, obviously, if you compare it to a Neymar, Icardi, Mbappe trio, you might have a point there. But... I think it's a good attack, and I think the players are going to push each other because the, the problem with Suarez has been that he hasn't had much competition. That's been the main issue with Suarez. But this time, I think now he's going to have Griezmann pushing him, and we saw that against against Napoli in that friendly. Suarez can feel that, and he's doing his best to prove that he's here 
because he's he's de because he deserves to be here. So I think our attack is good. I think it's a good attack, and I think I think it's gonna go well. Um, obviously, depending on how Valverde decides to line up the team, uh, who is he gonna prefer as his front trident? So obviously, that's remain to be seen. But I think I think we have a good attack, and I think they're gonna push each other well. I think Griezmann is gonna support Dembele a lot. Hopefully, Messi will too. And um, it's definitely an interesting season ahead. Also, as for Umtiti's future, I think it depends on it depends a lot on his uh, mentality, a lot of his, on his attitude. Does he think he has what it takes to to regain his position in the team? Because on a if we're talking from a sporting level, he definitely does. Umtiti for me is one of the best center backs in the world when he's fit and when he's on form. Um, so I, I could see him staying, but that's only if he has, like, if he feels like he can regain that position from Longley, I think he'll stay long term. But if he feels that his time is over, I could see him pushing for a move in January. Um, so we'll have to see. It depends on how Valverde uses him. Because Valverde doesn't seem too fond of using Todibo either, so... That also depends on him. Um, it's hard to tell. I could see... Right now, I could see Umtiti leaving in January. But, um... We'll have to wait and see on that. I know that wasn't the best answer I could give, but... It's tough to call right now. This transfer window has been so hectic... That anything can happen in January. Anything. We'll just have to wait and see. Maybe he'll be used as a bargaining chip in the Neymar deal. If that Neymar deal will still be on by January. We'll have to wait and see. And on that note, let's move on to the next question by uh at boring valverde um do you think barca can win the champions league this season if so tell us why that's a good question um i th i i don't i don't think barca can win the champions league this season um i would be very very impressed but i'm not saying this because of the lack of quality on barca's side i'm saying it because of the lot of quality that other teams have Manchester City have become such a strong force in your in 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 the Premier League, and I think they can this year. I think they can take it to the next level. Liverpool are just fresh off winning the Champions League. I think they're definitely going to give it a run again. Um, you know, you have you have really strong teams there. Uh, I don't think Dortmund can go all the way, but they definitely have a point to prove. They definitely have a lot of interesting talents that are playing like a team. Um, Real Madrid obviously shouldn't be forgotten. Atleti have made a lot of reinforcements and are looking like a strong side. So, it it's tough to call. Uh, I, you know, off the top of the off the top of my head, I don't think Barca will win it. I could see them getting far, but I think that really, really, really depends on who they face. Um, it really depends. Uh, and, and it depends on how their mentality is. It depends on how do they fare in La Liga. Do they all of a sudden get this rejuvenation of being able to perform without Messi and, gain, and become more confident even when he is there? Or will they remain the same Barca we've seen for the past two years? Uh, I think that I think a lot of that depends on Artur, De Jong. Uh, not on them, but Valverde's usage of them. Valverde's um, usage of, of the younger players to rest the more experienced ones so they're ready for the big games not overplaying some of the players like he used like he did last season and the season before that that's essentially a lot th those are a lot of factors that play into it and 
I, I, it's it's tough to call. It's tough to call. I think there's a minimal chance that we'll win it, but I don't think we will. And on that note, on to the last question from at FCB underscore updates 1899. Uh, good at, by the way. Um, what are your thoughts on Dembele? Do you think he'll succeed at Barca? Kind of already went over this. Uh, I do think that he will succeed. Um, I think he's a great, great talent. And I think now that Griezmann is here to help him, I could see him succeeding. I uh, definitely could. So, we'll see. I think this, this from now to January, will be very, very, very decisive for him. Extremely decisive for him. So, if he can gain momentum and, you know, change his attitude a bit, so, so he actually comes off more as a professional than he has come off as lately, I think he can definitely succeed. But I think now, from now to January, will be very, very decisive. From when he recovers to January, I think will be extremely decisive for his future. And we just got to wait and see. Uh, I could, off the bat, I could see him succeeding at Barca. I would not be surprised. But it all depends on his attitude. It, de it really is in his hands. Because Valverde is giving him chances. And he's giving him chances in the right positions. Dembele just has to utilize that properly. And on that note... I'm going to move on to the next segment, which is Laugh of the Week. Also, again, if you have any questions uh, or anything to tell me, you can DM me on Twitter or you can shoot a tweet with the hashtag TDSPod at the end or at the beginning, and I will make sure to go through them when I you know, prepare for this podcast and when I go through these episodes. So if you have any questions or anything you want to voice your opinion on, feel free to let me know through that, through that hashtag. It's on screen now if you're watching on YouTube. And let's move on to the next segment. It's Laugh of the Week. A Laugh of the Week this week is <laughs> such a weird intro. But essentially, uh, what this is, is a tweet by my, my good friend Kevin, uh, who apparently is on like limit now. <laughs> his ad is Brazilian trend. I've known him for a long, long time now. And his tweet says, Barcelona really went from Neymar to Bernadetsky. If you didn't know, if you missed it, Barca were linked to Bernadetsky in the final hours in the final day or two of the transfer window because Neymar's, the Neymar deal was off and Juventus were trying to uh, offer player exchanges with Barca, which didn't happen. But I, I believe Bernadette, yeah, Bernadette, Bernadetsky was reportedly one of the players offered. And this is the tweet. So that's the caption. And then... <laughs> it's essentially this long... It's essentially this long montage of people laughing. <laughs> I just find it funny because it's all these like different clips of people just hysterically laughing. And and it's over a thing that's it's it's saddening. It's saddening. It's a saddening thing. That we went from being linked to a top three player in the world to being linked with Bernadeschi. I think Bernadeschi is a really good talent. But when you think you could have gotten Neymar and then you go for Bernadeschi, that's it's not the best thing. Um, now, this is not. This is one of the funniest tweets I've seen. It was hard to really pinpoint one, but this is a good one. And if you have any tweets that you think are really funny, reply using hashtag TDSPod or somehow getting them to me, sending them via DM or something, and telling me, "Hey, this is for that segment," and I'll meet, and I'll be sure to include them if I think they're appropriate enough. And. Um, on that note, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. Um, I know this podcast 
hasn't been as long as the previous ones. Um, it's been it's, it's definitely not been as long as the second episode. If you haven't watched that, um, make sure to check the link uh, in the description below. And um, the thing with these podcasts is that I'm still trying to get used to the fact that you know I'm going solo because if you used to watch my videos and podcasts before the Driven Shot podcast was launched, I used to do these with another person. And that other person is and was my very good friend, uh, DPHD. And if you're watching this, uh, I salute you. If you're still watching, uh, feel free to leave a comment below. Uh, I don't know. Anything. <laughs> anything telling me that you're still here. I uh, just want to see where you got, you know, how, how, the retention, how the retention is. Now... Um, I do plan on posting these weekly. I've just been really busy with uni recently, and and then when I didn't get, then when I stopped being busy with uni and exams, I just needed a little break. And I'm still, you know, at that stage right now. But I really enjoy doing these podcasts, and I'm glad that you guys enjoy them as well. If you have anything you feel like I should add to these podcasts, anything that you feel like could could be improved upon, please do let me know. Whether, whether it's in a DM or a public tweet or an email, um, let me know. And um, and that's I think that's pretty much it for this episode. I'm trying to find that sweet spot time-wise. Because half an hour was too short, according to many of you. And I, I thought it was too short as well. And that's why I made that the introductory episode. That was, that was my plan, was to make that episode kind of short and then find the sweet spot later um, for me I think an hour would be good but I, th- I saw I saw some of you guys saying that hey it feels a bit too slow a bit too boring at times and maybe it's a bit too long so this time I tried to switch it up a bit and try to find that 45 minute mark uh, which I can see now I haven't really hit that 45 minute mark but it's all good um, if you thought this length was good this duration let me know if you think it should be a bit longer or a bit shorter, let me know. And I'll see what the majority thinks, and I'll weigh that up with what I personally think. And uh, I'm sure we'll agree on something eventually. Um, I do have big things coming up for the brand. I'm working on merch currently. I've, I've shown it to a focus group uh, of mine, and they really seem to like it. So I think you guys will as well. I'm working on, I'm, 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 you know, I'm working on some other merch as well, so there are... So there's a bit of variation, a lot, you know, a bit of options you guys can choose from. Uh, also, working on revamping the website again. As you're listening to this, there will be an article out, uh, essentially recapping the transfer window and, and voicing my opinion on how I think the season will pan out. Uh, briefly, because this podcast was essentially how I thought the season will pan out. And again, I want to thank you for your support. It's been absolutely incredible. I've reached 25,000 followers on Twitter, which is a feat that I never, I didn't think I would achieve that. I, I, you know, when I started off, I just started off as a normal Twitter account and slowly, you know, slowly molded myself into what I, what I am on Twitter today. Um, as I said on Twitter, I am trying to, to, to make Blogonogram established as a solo journalist brand. Um, which I think it already is established as, but I want to kind of cement that. And that's why I want to revamp the website. That's why I want to, uh, you know, make that merch, um, you know, so, sort of establish it as a brand. 
more so than just me as a journalist, uh, but also establish it as a brand with its own merchandise. Uh, and if you if you guys want to support the brand, I saw a good amount of you said that you would be willing to pledge and that you would be able to pledge. Uh, and, and and on that, I'm actually cons I am starting a Patreon very soon. I just haven't had too much time to set it up lately, but it, because I want to know what I should include in those tiers to make it worth for you guys. So essentially, Patreon is a donation ba donation platform where it's based on tiers. So if you pay a certain amount or more, you get certain things. And obviously, the more you pay, the more you get type thing. And I'm still trying to figure out what I should get, what I should give you guys in those tiers to make it worth for you guys. Um, and the reason I'm starting the Patreon is because I'm slowly expanding the brand. Um, you know, as you know, I'm expanding it to more and more platforms. The website costs money to keep up, and, and I'm going to be using that much more often now. Um, you might see a lesser amount of threads and more articles in the coming future. Uh, that's something I'm definitely working on. And I'm working on, you know, overall growing the brand. So if you do want to support the brand financially, I will have a Patreon up soon. If you have any suggestions for tiers, let me know. I do already have a PayPal you can donate to if you want to make a one-time donation. Any amount counts. Feel free to do that. And um, sorry for rambling. I hope you guys are still here. Uh, and if you are, thank you for your support recently. Thank you for your support and listening to these podcasts. The next episode will be up next week, so make sure to stay tuned. Again, subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Follow if you're watching this on any of the other platforms. And stay tuned for the merch and the brand news. So... Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you next time. Peace out, and have a good day.